I'm Kristen Crow. And I'm Kristen Caridio. And this is Must Contain, the podcast from Atumos where we help explain the how of marketing, although we can't always explain the why. Join us every two weeks as we break down marketing and corporate topics and discuss what they really mean. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please remember to like, subscribe, follow all the things in your favorite podcast platform. And we're back with episode three of Must Contain. I'm Kristen. And I'm Kristen, and this week we're talking about sales and marketing alignment. Oh, Kristen, I'm getting really strong buzzword vibes. Mm -hmm. Alignment reminds me of one of my favorites, synergy. That's for another day. I do feel like sales and marketing alignment has been all the rage since maybe 2010. Mm -hmm. And joining us today to give her perspective is our very own Christine Silvaccio. Hello, Christine. Hello, Kristen and Kristen. I'm very excited to be here today and to talk about this hot topic that's been around for almost 11 years. And <laughs> really interested to see what kind of questions you guys have. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Well, thanks for joining us. And again, I'll be honest, I just got tired saying the word, word sales and marketing alignment. It gives me some flashbacks to some pretty terrible conference room showdowns. Yeah, I mean, we really have been talking about it for a long, long time, and no one ever truly seems to be able to, like, actually do it, so we just keep talking about it. Yes, I would agree with you. I feel like, from my experience, uh, people like to throw around buzzwords such as, and I guess this is like a buzz phrase to some degree, uh, they're like, this year we're going to have sales and marketing alignment. Nobody ever defines what that means for their org. Everybody has a different definition of it. Um, I'm sure you guys are going to ask me what that means. We'll get into that in a second. But uh, yeah, this is uh, something that I don't think will ever go away. I think if you pay attention to it now and try to define that, you'll just get, you'll be more successful as you continue to go on. So Christine, I know you've paid attention to the previous podcasts. I'm sure you know our first question is going to be, what exactly is sales and marketing alignment? The short answer is working together for a common goal. What does that mean? Depends on who you are, depends on your organization, depends on how mature you are. Uh, I think about it as two sides of the same coin. Marketing is going to have its project priorities and is going to only be successful with the sales team support. Sales is going to have project priorities that will truly only be successful if marketing is supportive of those objectives. So I think having this communication and whether those are quarterly touch points, right? Weekly meetings between certain points of contacts on both teams, whatever that is. But I, I feel like uh, it's important for both sides and both teams to take a shared interest in what the other's priorities are and how they can, how those priorities can also help benefit the organization as a whole. So when I think of alignment, I just think of Teams that want to support each other for a common goal that lifts the organization up. 
So why is it so damn difficult to get right? We have heard the advice for years, align your KPIs, make sure that sales and marketing are working against the same KPIs, even in organizations where that's the case, where the KPIs are aligned or at least nearly aligned, people are still struggling. Why do you think that is? Um, I think for a multitude of reasons. One, I would say you're mentioning KPIs. Is my KPI how many meetings my sales team set? If so, why should marketing care about that? And I think that's where the uh, feedback loop and conversation and you know communication channels is uh, extremely important. And what I mean by that is, let's use those KPIs of number of meetings set, right? Their sales team is probably getting paid some sort of commission off of meetings that are set that turn into opportunities at your organization. Marketing therefore has probably done some sort of mathematical equation to say, we have to send over a hundred people per week in order for sales to maybe hit their goal, right? But does anybody on the marketing side really go look at any reports and be like, okay, uh, Tom on the sales team <laughs> sitting in the Southeast region is you know 200% above goal, but uh, Mary out in California is only 50% to goal. Why is that, right? Like what is really happening where we, aren't hitting our goal numbers, but we're also exceeding them. And then taking that information and continuing to build upon your strategy. So if we continue to operate where well, we're not asking each other, you know, what are those KPIs? How do they impact both teams? Then are we truly having alignment on how to get there and what, you know, they mean for our success? Can you talk a little bit about some projects that you've seen as somebody who's been in marketing and marketing ops where you need a lot of alignment with the sales team? Yeah, I feel like we just had this conversation the other day. Um, and, you know, I think of a few instances and, you know, obviously the glaring one is like, all of a sudden your top priority as a marketing team is standing up a marketing automation platform. Um, let's say you already have a mature CRM that the sales team is operating out of. If you don't have a good relationship with the team that's owning that CRM system, then how can your implementation of, you know, your core marketing automation platform provide your marketing team success if it's not integrated with the sales team in mind, right? And what I mean by that is like asking all the tough questions about, data hygiene and how records are going to flow between the systems and what user access do we need and what are the fields that we need in marketing in order for marketing to truly segment and communicate with certain funnel stages. I mean, those, yeah, the technology is not going to solve all your problems, but it enables your organization. And if you're not looking at it, you know, as a marketing ops professional beyond that handoff point and what's coming back into the system after the sales touch point, then you're going to be operating on your own and there'll be a breakdown in the process somewhere. I would also say, let's say your implementation of your marketing automation platform has been the most wildly successful project of your org in 2021. Ooh. And now you've hired a two most to implement life cycle processing. <laughs> People are like, we do that. And you're like, but do you really? Right. And what I mean by that is are you just paying attention to the lead object? Maybe your sales team literally only works off of the contact object. Maybe marketing's responsibility for, you know, pipeline uh, creation and influence has changed over the last year. 
And so if you're not working with your sales team to define, you know, what is that handoff touch point? How do I tell where people are in the funnel stages? What's the definition of a customer? Let's say your sales team has an account team and there's like the person who initially sold it. Now there's an account executive, but then this person's responsible when a new opportunity arises with a certain contact role in the org. Like is marketing supposed to pay attention to the engagement of that specific contact and then let the person on the account team know to reach out, right? And like, what information do they need at that point in time? Imagine doing that, sitting at your computer on the marketing side and never talking to the per to the end user of that information to help enable them. I think that's so true that it's, communication is a two-way street. And you talked a lot about feedback loops and not just stopping at the handoff as a marketing operations professional. And we assume our audience is basically all marketing operations professionals. So from your perspective, where do you see MOPS people not supporting sales? And how could you recommend as MOPS professionals, we impact how aligned sales and marketing as organizations can be and should be? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, I would say I practice this in my daily life and I've seen some of the most successful marketing operations professionals lead with this objective, which is have an interest in the other side of the aisle. And what I mean by that is, yes, you're responsible for your day-to-day -day job description or priorities, right? As a marketing ops professional. But I think if you don't widen your lens and look at your day-to-day -day objectives and project priorities and how they influence other people's success and teams in general, then you're almost going to shut down when you get met with some type of objection. And so when I think about where I've sat in conversations and it's been um, you know, just thinking through some examples I have in my head, uh, we want to add like a status to a field, right? Like a simple pick list value change. Organizations have changed, uh, you know, periods of time in their development where they implement changes into their Salesforce org as an example, right? Like if you don't take that into account and understand who has to get approval on this, truly what is like the impact on the organization, why does it matter for the team? If you're not leading with that true understanding of the benefit of like, if we do this, what does it mean for other people and, you know, both of our teams, then I just think you're going to continue, like I said before, to shut down when met with the word no. And I also feel like as marketing operations professionals, we have to be flexible by nature. What is available and doable today, our landscape is changing so quickly that I think if you don't implement a project today and then it becomes a priority in a quarter, like from now, three months from now, there's probably some, you could have a new tool that's part of your tech stack. You could have a new, you, your sales team could have reorged, right? Like, and that's gonna Im impact what your project plan is. So being rigid and not being open to that feedback, but also not doing anything. If somebody's taking the time to give you feedback, well, I think you'll just become stagnant and probably continue to be looked at as a cost center versus a value-driven uh, you know, team within the organization. Yeah, absolutely. I think that might be people's fear too, you know, thinking about, well, if I open myself up 
and bring in other teams that maybe someone else will get the credit or, you know, maybe it won't appear as though I was successful or my team was successful. And so I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, um, you know, how to make those types of conversations and meetings where people are coming to the table together to work on a new project, you know, a map implementation or lead management processing, how can you get the teams to be more constructive and to work together when ultimately their end goal or their incentives might be different? Yes, uh, I will say realize that this is always gonna be an evolving process, right? <laughs> Meeting management is something that I think we all would one, like to get better at and two, don't wanna have death by meetings, right? So I have seen a lot of success from my side where let's say, let's focus on larger projects right now, right? Where there's multiple different teams that are involved. Having somebody identified as the key point of contact, label them whatever you want, <laughs> it doesn't matter. But that person is responsible for saying like, okay, team, we're meeting next Monday. I'm sending out an agenda ahead of time and this is the goal. And inviting only those that truly one, have like a shared interest in that agenda and can provide the information um, that you're looking for. I've seen instances where 40 people get invited to a Zoom meeting and then nothing gets done, right? And you have people that then walk away and they're like, I'm never going to get that hour back in my life. I think uh, if people come to your project uh, meetings and see progress being made, but also feel like their voice is being heard and that it was productive, then the buy-in will just continue to build and the momentum, you can almost feel it shift. And that's a really cool feeling when you feel like you're completing a project with like other people involved and you know the outcome is gonna be incredible. And I will also say, Kristen, something you just said about um, sharing of the credit. I just read a cool, really great quote, like I think it was this morning. And it basically was, it's amazing what things can get done when you don't worry about who gets the credit. So I would almost challenge you with yeah. like, it's not a one person, the, like the worlds we operate of marketing and sales operations is never just going to be driven by one person's ideas, execution, implementations. And I think having that in mind and working as a team, like you'll just kill it when, you, when it comes to actually completing the projects and seeing the success. That's a really, really nice thought, Christine. I like that a lot. I, I also think, you know, I, I've seen a, a lot of sales and marketing teams really struggle. And I have a lot of opinions on this. I feel like I'm really hard on the marketing side of the house uh, personally, because to me, you know, marketing can do what they do in a, in a lot of different ways and, and sales can really do what they do only in a couple of different ways that are going to work. Right. So to me, it's personally on the marketing team to be a little bit more flexible, but in my experience, I've seen marketing and marketing ops teams be really dismissive of sales and sales needs, especially if they are putting that up, you know, putting up that immediate roadblock to projects. Why do you think that is? Uh, again, from my experience and seeing what I've seen both, you know, obviously I've worked client side and now, you know, agency side with the Tumos as well. Um, but I would say it's where the individual, let's say the marketing ops individual literally is not taking a keen interest in the 
you know, like uh, the people sitting on the sales team in their organization as an example. And what I mean by that is going back to something we talked about earlier, which is like marketing, let's say in your organization is responsible for um, engaging top of funnel uh, prospects and then handing them off to sales. If you just wash your hands whenever that happens and, and you know, like I send an MQL to you, Kristen Ann, and I'm like, okay, my job is done, right? If I never go over to you and say, you know what, Kristen Ann, tell me about what happened when you spoke with the last 10 MQLs that I sent to you, right? Um, what is, for those that were um, successful in the conversation that you had and led to like a meeting, let's just say, why? What did they have in common? Those that objected to you and you may have just immediately disqualified or recycled, right? Like why, why was that? Is it something to do with who they were in terms of where they sat in the org, right? Or was it timing or were they not qualified enough? And, and I think if as a marketing ops professional, if you don't ask those questions and get that feedback from the people sitting on the front lines, and that could be done by the person just, you know, Christina, if you're the salesperson and you're recording your call, and then I, as the marketing ops person, just listens to it. And my, you know, when I have some free time or I set in with you, um, whatever that is. Uh, but if you don't take that information and actually do something with it, then why would sales waste their time? Right. And mm -hmm. I think it's just you being open to hearing the feedback that like, Hey, marketing, I know you're trying, but who you sent over the last, like, you know, the last hundred people you sent over to our sales team just haven't been that great. And I, this is what I think we could tweak in terms of that process. And then taking that and implementing it in trial and error and understanding what works, you will gain like so much clout with your sales team. They will look at you as a shared partner of the overall success. And I think that relationship will just continue to build. Yeah, I agree with that so much. My very, very first uh, marketing mentor, like the person who really taught me how to do demand generation, um, you know, one of the first things he said to me when I joined the organization was you have to join a sales call. You have to listen to the sales calls. You have to understand what's going on on the sales calls. Uh, there's so much like, I don't know, uh, marketing magic that happens when you're creating personas, uh, you know, targeting, um, you know, segments of your database where you're making all these assumptions about how people buy, why they buy, if you're not, and, and some of that, you know, you can capture in data fields, but most of it, you can't, like, you really have to actually listen to the sales call or talk to the salesperson, like you were saying. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And, you know, that's such a, almost, I would call it a missed opportunity I see with organizations yeah. is, okay, so yeah, marketing and sales have a front seat to the, this information, right? Um, but how do you then package that up and share it with other people in your organization, maybe like your content team? So let's say your content is stale because your white paper or like your case studies are two years old, right? Um, you know, there's probably a really unique opportunity here to take the information that you're gathering between your shared conversations with the sales team and also share that with other people that are developing outward facing material. Um, so I just, I guess I say all that to get back to what we we're talking about, which is like open up your lens, right. And kind of look at it from a wider perspective, instead of just your, like, I'm a marketing ops person and I'm responsible for doing X, Y, and Z. Um, yes, that's important. I'm not saying don't do your job, but I'm also saying like strategically challenge yourself to think about who this touches and what am I getting that other people could benefit from. And 
you know, it's like something I didn't mention earlier, but I also feel strongly about, which is nobody likes wasted time, right? So if you have the opportunity, if a sales team member is showing you what their process is and say their CRM, like let's just say Salesforce as an example, mm -hmm. truly take the time to like, ingest what they're showing you because if you come to the table and you're like we want to implement this way of doing things but it requires a complete overhaul of the technical architecture of the crm you're probably going to get pushed back right but i think if you take to heart like what is happening in the tool how it works one you cut down time and again you get kind of the respect level from the other side like the sales team um, because you're using terminology that resonates with them, right? Um, you're talking in a process that can work within your uh, tech stack that your organization has today. So I would just leave, I would uh, leave you with that kind of thought as well. Thank you, Christine, for your final thought. And we'll go through some final thoughts for those of you who want to digest this down into some quick bites. So here are the three things you really need to know about sales and marketing alignment. If your company is still chasing the dream, here's what you can do to help. First, marketing, it is not all about you. You have goals and objectives you need to achieve, but so does your sales team. Both sets of goals are valuable and important, and both impact the business's bottom line. It's best if your objectives are aligned at the KPI level, yes, but that still tends to mean the short-term metrics that matter, for example, meeting set, are unaligned. So understand their KPIs as much as possible and how they are seeing success. Two, lead with benefits when presenting a project. When you're presenting an idea that requires sales time and resources, be mindful of how a project impacts everyone involved and how both sales and marketing can come out as winners. Again, synergy is where it's at. And don't do projects that demand their time with things that don't have mutual benefits. Again, it's not all about you. Three, don't silo yourself in your marketing world. Join a sales call, make friends with an SDR. Understand what sales daily life looks like. We all have the same goal at the end of the day, revenue. So how can you as a marketer or marketing ops person serve the sales team better? Start from that. And that's must contain sales and marketing alignment. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with another great MOPS topic. Until then, remember, take a few deep breaths before you hit send on that email. And remember, it's just an email campaign. This episode was produced by Kristen Crow, Kristen Caridio, Ali Stoltzfus, and Lindsay Walter. It was edited by Kristen Crow. Theme music by Rusty Hall. Special thanks to Christine Salvaggio. And a happy Thanksgiving to all of our U.S. listeners. That's it for Must Contain. I'm Kristen Crow, and we'll see you in two weeks.